You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Than what you do. The only way that you're going to have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? Can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in, you're tired, or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult if you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tight. Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992. Winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy. Voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers. Also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history. 35-2-1. Member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. So I guess the message I had for the players is uh, the real challenge now. I know school started today and, you know, it's kind of the dog days of camp now when you get this deep into it. Uh, Still, you know, pretty long ways until you play a game, but still a lot of things to work on is, you know, you got to challenge yourself to, you know, be what you want to see. Take ownership for what you want to accomplish, what you want to do. And I think the big thing is, is for players to develop the habits to stack good performances, play in, play out, day in, day out, right? Because that's what's going to really allow us to have a consistency, you know, in performance we, you know, need throughout the season. So it's, it's like, you know, what are you willing to do for the people around you? Uh, because you're responsible to do your job, but you're also responsible for them. But I guess a better question is, is, what are they willing to do for you? Right? Because they have the kind of respect and trust in you uh, to know that you're going to go out there and do what you're supposed to do down in, down out, play in, play out, game in, game out. So um, 
we obviously have things that we need to improve on. Uh, the big focus this week is take where we were last week, you know, from a scrimmage standpoint, from a conditioning standpoint, from a focus standpoint, from an effort ability to execute standpoint and try to improve on it uh, so that, you know, this next scrimmage is sort of the last dress rehearsal, so to speak, until the first game comes. So uh, it's really important that uh, we can go out there and sort of do the things that we need to do more game-like because that's going to be the last time we get an opportunity to do at least that part of it. So um, not disappointed in where we are at all, not satisfied where we are either. Uh, but, you know, think that, you know, people are trying to do the things they need to do to get where we want to go. That's it. That's it. So I get to say thank you and smile again. Exactly. I'm loving it. All right, welcome in. And there was Coach Saban. That last part was from a while back when he said, "I'm loving it." Talking about the, uh, the with the press and handling with the press, but uh, talking about getting ready for game like situations and what that's going to be like for them and practicing each and every day to get as many reps like that. Uh, when you get the scrimmages, when you got uh, different uh, periods that you're going to go through and kind of stress out the defense and offense and different third down, goal line, uh, seven on seven, all the type of stuff they do throughout practice to really kind of put them in game-like situations. So, because they've been talking about that as they're preparing, what, I guess, uh, less than, what, 10 days away from opening? Yeah, uh, a little, little more than two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. But, uh, man, unbelievable as far as uh, how fast it is going by this uh, month of August. Welcome in. We are presented by Top Golf of Birmingham. Got the Top Golf today. You'll absolutely love it. It's the bowling of this generation, we call it. And uh, you'll love it with coworkers, family, or friends. Great time to go out and just have a great time playing golf, enjoying the game of golf, laughing at shots, and uh, also uh, cheering on uh, your uh, whether it be uh, your friends, your family, and a lot of events they do out there as well. Get out to Top Golf of Birmingham. We're driven by Sunny King Ford on the sunny side of the street. Go see Tony Russell and all the great folks there at Sunny King Ford. Good afternoon. Not uh, a little humid today, but it's um, not bad. What eighty four degrees is going to be the high? Yeah, eighty one the high on Monday. Yeah, I think I saw. Goodness gracious! It's um, it's not a typical August. It's all starting to feel a little bit like football weather. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's great. It's exciting. Uh, I know uh, that uh, the 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 trucks carrying the gear for University of Nebraska. They're, they've already pulled out of Lincoln. Uh, apparently, they're going by boat <laughs> over to Ireland. Oh, wow. They're playing uh, yeah. on August 27th, uh, like 10 days from now. Um, they're playing Northwestern uh, in uh, week, I guess that'd be week zero. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like they're already in, in, in game mode and uh, certainly won't be long until Alabama is, is uh, in that same situation. And, uh, you know, I always find Nick Saban's press conferences to be just just fascinating because he 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 always gives you a little something. And um, and 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 really, you know, he he talks about culture and 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 he also uh, discussed, uh, um, you know, Tyler Steen, uh, the transfer from Vanderbilt and how he was adjusting to the culture at Alabama, and it's obviously a little bit different at Alabama than it is at Vandy, right? <laughs> and, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and, I, and I think there was a little adjustment there. 
for for Tyler, but man, he uh, he clearly has established himself as uh, he's going to be uh, the 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 starting left tackle. I mean, he's 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 the blind side. He's playing a very key position on this team, mm-hmm. and uh, he has spent uh, time, most time with the ones in, in the preseason. Uh, redshirt senior, and you and you look at the uh, the the guys that he's like that he's beaten out, and uh, uh, the the Tommy Brockermeyers and and other guy other players who were so highly recruited. Um, but uh, I also think that um, this last scrimmage is going to be very important for someone like Tyler Steen just to really get himself entrenched and. Um, or, or I don't know, Jay. I mean, you, you use the phrase like "haze in the barn," but for the last scrimmage, can 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 there really be that much adjustment to the depth chart? If somebody just comes out and you know uh, is incredible in this last scrimmage, can they zoom up the depth chart just based on one scrimmage, or is is you think uh, everything is kind of set even going into that final scrimmage this weekend? No. You know, I think the biggest thing is that um, certain positions you can. Um, but the great thing about if you have an office line that's been together, played together, you want to get, get them the most time together to get that cohesiveness and that chemistry. So uh, there still might be some guys that have a chance to get some playing time or to move move their way up. I think at the receiver spot, you got some room there. At the DBs, because Saban even came out yesterday and said, look, I, you know, I, I don't know who's playing corner even. Um, I mean, he's kind of left it all up to competition. So uh, those those guys, I, I think Kool Aid right now is definitely going to be you know one of your starters. Uh, Eli Ricks has really suffered through some back uh, issues. Yeah, that's a tough injury. Yeah, so he's 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 you know expected uh, for that to be a temporary deal and could be back for the for the first game, no doubt. Uh, that that looks like that's what's where it's trending right now. And a very athletic, very good player transferring in from LSU. Um, but as far as, you know, you want to keep it open as long as you can. You want to keep competition going. And, look, a lot of these guys are battling large, not for the first spot. They're battling for the backup spot. They want to be the guy that they're going to go to and say, look, this guy performed at a high level. When we had him in there, he didn't make mistakes. He didn't make the mental mistakes. He didn't jump off sides. He didn't cause us negative plays. That's a huge thing for coaches, a huge thing for, for Nick Saban. All right, and on offense, is there a backer? Is there, or is there a tight end? Is there a, uh, a receiver? Uh, that can make an explosive play. Can we can design certain plays around that particular player that may not be a first teamer, but they're going to come in and they're going to make plays during the game. So that's what you're looking for in these next uh, these next practices and scrimmages and things that you can really kind of nail down as kind of with the identity of your team. More importantly, the chemistry, gaining that, and they got the leadership. I really think Coach Saban thinks really well of this team right now. I think he's very comfortable, kind of you know the progression that that they're making. But you know him; he's going to keep pushing them harder. And harder, and then he'll know how to let off at, at the right time in order to get those guys mentally, physically uh, prepared, rested, and ready for that first matchup. Uh, so the uh, that you know for them, I think it's you know about execution. It's about staying healthy, and uh, yeah, you keep competing. You got to compete every day at Alabama. I mean, you got guys that are getting better, guys maturing and learning the offense or defense. They're going to try to push for your job. Yeah, and also uh, Coach Saban sat down with uh, ESPN's Marty Smith, and this aired yesterday on the SEC Network. And and Marty made the point, and it's a point that you and I have made many times, Jay, is that um, you know that w- would the outcome of the national championship game have been different if Jamison Williams doesn't go down with a torn ACL? 
and the fact that Alabama had already lost uh, Mechie, their other starting wide receiver, and um, and uh, and Coach Saban, you know, he he was just very honest. He, yeah. he said, "quote I don't know if we would have had a different outcome. Georgia had a really really good team. It's hard to beat the same same team twice, especially when they're a really good team." So that's I, I appreciate that about Coach Saban not going into uh, the the what if game and not playing the the hypothetical game, and he never does that. And you know, another thing he never does is compare players. <laughs> like if you really want to uh, uh, raise his uh, ire or raise his dander, uh, ask him to compare a certain player to another player, or ask a player, ask him specifically about an injury. But um, yeah, I mean, are you surprised that Coach Saban would say would gave Marty the response that he did? No, not at all. No, not at all. I mean, I, and, and and I think uh, again, he's he's getting getting ready and getting these guys motivated for uh, getting ready for the season stuff. Okay, real quick, I just want to get to this before we get to break. Uh, top target for Alabama last uh, or this week, Andrew Bone discussed Keon Keeley. Uh, said, look, you know, there's a chance he's going to decommit from Notre Dame. He did. He had a visit to Alabama, decommits from Notre Dame. Alabama looks to be in the in the front runner uh, in getting a Keon Keeley. Uh, this guy is a player. He is uh, the, the the top target for Alabama coming into the year. He was Notre Dame's top recruit. Top recruit for them. Top recruit for Ohio State. I mean, he he is like a Will Anderson, Dallas Turner. He looks built more like uh, that kind of that long uh, defensive end, about two hundred twenty five pounds, uh, and and just a really outstanding player. Watching some of his highlights from his junior year were just unbelievable. All right, so we got that. We also got uh, coming up the college football playoffs. Considering making a drastic move, we'll tell you more about what that's going to be when it comes to the governance of college football. Uh, the CFP looking at that. Also, uh, just looking at uh, all the different the things we talked about yesterday. The TV rights for the Big Ten have finally officially announced seven-year media rights deal with CBS, Fox, NBC for football and basketball through the 2029-30 season. Seven billion dollars is the total amount for the contract. Over a billion per year is what they might end up getting. Uh, you're looking anywhere from what seventy million to hundred million dollars per team that will get each year at our school and athletic department. That is huge for the Big Ten. So we'll talk more about that coming up on the other side. And at the bottom of the hour, we'll discuss this as well with Matt Finkus from Ohio State. He does a lot of work with the Big Ten Network as well as Ohio State Broadcasting. Uh, always great to have him on, one of the great friends of the show here on the Jay Barker Radio Network. Stay with us. We're live from ABX. We'll be back. You're listening to the Jay Barker Show live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Roll Tide, the best sports talk, period. Your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A very humid afternoon, a mix of sun and clouds with scattered showers and storms around through tonight. The high today, 84. Tonight's low, 71. Tomorrow, cloudy at times with scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms. The high at 83. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 81 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Welcome back in. Jay Barker, Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter's got the week off. And uh, we've got, again, Matt Fink is coming up. Follow me, our Jonathan 
uh, is down in Tuscaloosa producing the show there. Josh Smith, our producer, as always, uh, doing all of our streaming and everything there from Crawford Broadcasting here in Birmingham, Alabama. Our thanks to them and uh, what they do each and every day. Jumbo package uh, today. Ty's target uh, is back on the board. Keon Keeley decommits from Notre Dame and looks to be uh, Alabama, uh, especially, and I'll let you read this in a second from On Three's prediction, but uh, a lot of people, as Andrew Bone talked about, on, uh, was it Monday, Tuesday uh, this week, I think it was Tuesday, saying that Keon uh, could end up uh, decommitting from Notre Dame. He did it, and uh, now Alabama has been seeking him and uh, been their top kind of target for the 2023 class. But give us some updates. What are, Where they got uh, Alabama's percentages of getting him? Yeah, when we talked uh, to Andrew Bone earlier in the week, I, I thought it was interesting. Just his final comments to us were like, keep an eye on Keon Keeley. Keep an eye on Keon Keeley. Yeah. <laughs> and I've never heard Andrew say that. And I even mentioned to you, it sounds like a little birdie has been talking to Andrew. And Andrew always knows what he's talking about. And so, yeah, uh, Keon Keeley is the number three player uh, overall in the class of 23 Number one edge rusher, 6'5", 242, out of Tampa, Florida. And uh, after he decommitted, uh, on three uh, has, you know, their, uh, it's called a RPM, and that gives their, uh, their, their, uh, basically their uh, prediction analysis uh, percentage of, of where uh, a potential, where a player is going to go. And right now they give Alabama a 94.3% chance of landing Keeley. So it certainly seems like he is going to be headed to Tuscaloosa. And if, in fact, Alabama does reel him in, and it certainly looks like they will, I would assume that that would secure Alabama as the number one class in the country for uh, number one recruiting class in the country for uh, 2023. Yeah, pretty amazing what they've done. What about three recruits heading into June, and now um, they're they're sitting at what twenty one, or could end up? Be, I think they're twenty now. They could end up at twenty one uh, with Keon Keeley if he ends up making that uh, particular choice. But pretty amazing. Uh, Alabama right now. You look at just what they've done. Again, he's six five, two hundred thirty pounder from Berkeley Prep out of Tampa. Holds offers from essentially every school in the nation. A major target for Holman Wiggins and uh, Coleman Holzer uh, that have uh, been recruiting and had uh, since they hit the ground running at Alabama and going after him. Uh, he, last night he did commit from the Irish that we just talked about, and uh, it remains to be seen uh, if uh, Young, Wiggins, and Holster have done it yet uh, or done enough to uh, to land it, but they think so in all three. And, uh, again, the confirmation, or not confirmation, but some of the things that Andrew Bona told us early in the week, I think, uh, says a lot about kind of where the situation is right now. And to see him decommit from Notre Dame, write a big statement about, you know, his thanks and everything for that, but uh, – I think on the top 300 now, I think Alabama is tied, I think, with Notre Dame or may have surpassed Notre Dame, but I think tied uh, because of the decommit as far as the number of uh, ESPN 300 uh, athletes uh, coming out uh, this year for football. So uh, good stuff for the Crimson Tide. All right, Deshaun Watson, let's get into this because finally some uh, news coming out breaking this morning. NFL, NFL Players Association on Thursday reached a settlement into Deshaun Watson. Disciplinary matter agreeing that the Cleveland Browns quarterback will serve an 11-game suspension without pay after he was accused by more than two dozen women of sexual misconduct during a massage sessions. Watson will play, uh, pay a fine of $5 million and undergo mandatory evaluation by behavioral experts and follow their suggested treatment programs. While Watson's fine and contributions from both the NFL and Browns of a million dollars each will create a fund to support nonprofit organizations in the United States that educate young people on healthy relationships, 
promote education and prevention of sexual misconduct and assault, super, uh, survive, support survivors, excuse me, and related causes. The NFL said announcing the settlement. Um, uh, Deshaun Watson went on to say, I'm grateful that the disciplinary process has ended and extremely appreciative of the tremendous support I've received throughout the, my short time with the Browns organization. Uh, I apologize once again for any pain the situation has caused. I take accountability for the decisions I made. My focus going forward is on working to become the best version of myself on and off the field, supporting my teammates however possible while I'm away from the team. I'm excited about what the future holds for me in Cleveland. So uh, Watson's suspension Lars will take place or effect on August the 30th when NFL teams cut down the roster's limit of 53 players. He will be eligible for a reinstatement on November 28th and available to play for the Browns again in week 13 when Cleveland faces his old team, the Houston Texans, of course, on the road. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I, I, you think that's a coincidence? Yeah. They're like, okay, here's the thing. <laughs> Let's negotiate this. Let's get 11 game suspension. We play Houston game 12. So then we can have this whole Houston, Sean Watson TV mm-hmm. moment. Uh, and, um, yeah, pretty crazy. I, so, I really thought he'd get more than 11. I, I did too, but this is a, an agreement. Again, this is not the arbitrator, uh, Peter Harvey, making a final ruling. Uh, this is an agreement between the NFL and the NFLPA. And, um uh, you know, I, I, NFL, Roger Goodell wanted a, a full 17-game suspension, a full season, and uh, and, and uh, a, a, a substantial fine. And, look, $5 million to Deshaun Watson is, is nothing, considering that he just signed a guaranteed $230 million contract. And, yeah, he'll lose out on some game checks, right? Mm-hmm. So 11 weeks of game checks. Uh, but nonetheless, it's still – this is the steepest fine, the biggest fine ever levied against an NFL player. And, you know, he – it was two grand juries in Texas – that declined to uh, uh, pursue criminal charges against him, uh, and and you know he uh, he once again on Thursday this morning uh, reiterated his uh, innocence, and he said that I never assaulted or disrespected anyone, uh, but the same point, and he said I have to continue to push forward in my life and career. I apologized for everybody that was affected by this situation. It's a weird phrasing. And there were a lot of people that were triggered. Hmm. Another really strange sentence that he used. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what's fair, what's not fair, given the fact that there, again, were no criminal charges brought against him. It's just the uh, the sheer number of of, of um, women who said the exact same thing happened, and uh, in some cases it was a little more severe than others. And uh, you know Watson has has uh, settled uh, with uh, what twenty four of the twenty five women, something like that. Um, I don't know. What's your reaction? I, I, I guess this is. It seems like. It seems right to me uh, just because of the the NFLPA and Goodell. They have to work together, and uh, it, it seems like this is a, a fair uh, – I hate to use that. It, it, it seems a, a 
a resolution that makes sense. Put it that way. Yeah, judicious. I guess you might. Yeah. All right, uh, we got uh, Matt Fink is coming up. We got to get to him here in just one second. So let's uh, take a break. We'll come back. And Ohio State uh, former player and a lot with the Big Ten as well. We'll get his take on the Big Ten's new contract: seven years, seven billion dollars, about seventy to one hundred million dollars per year, going back to those athletic departments. And uh, also, we'll talk about CFP with them a little bit in Ohio State as they are right now sitting at number two. AP and coaches poll and the preseason polls heading into the season. Stay with us. Matt Fink is coming up next. You're listening to the Jay Barker show live from the AVX studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U S traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating, nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called at 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WilfordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's 
Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan.letterC letter O. Like the legend of the Phoenix. All right, welcome back in. Let's get right to it. Let's go to Matt Finkus joining us, one of our friends of the show, and I appreciate Lawrence getting him on today to talk about this new Big Ten contract. We'll talk a little bit about CFP, too, as far as reorganization of that and Ohio State, as we do each and every time with Matt Finkus. Matt, welcome in. Hope you're having a great summer or have had a great summer. I can't believe we're just a couple weeks away from the start of college football. How are you, my man? I'm doing good, man. It's, uh, yeah, creeping up on us here. So a couple weeks, and we'll be playing some ball. It's great. Unbelievable. All right, let's get into the uh, contract. Uh, seven years, seven, bi- uh, seven billion dollars. I mean, I almost couldn't, couldn't say it. Uh, looking at around 70 to 100 million dollars per school per year. Uh, just your take on this, this contract and what they've been able to accomplish. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what, I mean, for all the criticism of how um, the, the administration of the Big Ten handled the COVID uh, year, uh, you know, they've been really, really aggressive of how they've negotiated these TV contracts. And, uh, and leverage, you know, the, the Fox network, especially, I think, looking as an alternative network to ESPN and, and what they've uh, brought to the table. Um, I mean, it's, it's a huge dynamic that goes, I think, a lot farther than just college football. I think, you know, ESPN put itself in a, in a weird position with the purchase of all the F1 stuff and all of the, uh, you know, European soccer league stuff that hasn't really translated into dollars and, and really kind of hamstrung them and let Fox really sneak in there and take advantage and, and have a chance to really be the, the flagship of college football going forward. So Matt, I know you're in Las Vegas. Uh, what are you doing there? And why aren't you at some exotic Island where you normally are when we talk to you? <laughs> Well, we're back in Las Vegas because we came here in April to see Lionel Richie and he canceled. He had back problems. So he rescheduled for August, so we're back out here waiting to see him tomorrow night again. Hey, that's great. Love that. Alabama native. (laughs) Um, So, Matt, as we uh, have been looking at uh, the AP Top 25, Coaches Top 25, and, and, uh, and Jay and I have been sort of digging into the rosters, Man, it, it looks like a two-team battle right now, Alabama yeah, and Ohio yeah. State, and then there's a big gulf there between everybody else. Are you on board with that? Yeah, absolutely. I think if you, what you look at coming back, um, 
the young people that are that are that have been behind guys that that went to the NFL last year on both teams that are going to be major contributors this year. Um, Talent-wise, I think you'd have to say that. I mean, you look at those two programs, the, the two quarterbacks coming back. Um, you know, one and three in the Heisman voting. Uh, I mean, it's it's a it looks to be a two two horse race. Um, you know, both of them have tough schedules this year too. I mean, you look at the, at the quality of opponents, and, and that's ranked up with Ohio State, Notre Dame, Alabama, Texas. Um, so, again, I mean, I think it's always you know, there, there's always those teams in contention. It's always been Alabama has talked about obviously with their success in the college football playoffs. Ohio State has you know always been one of those teams, especially at the beginning of the year that's been talked about about being there. But I think right, I think that the gap has widened. You know, I mean, Clemson has fallen off. Uh, Georgia seems to be kind of a once in four years opponent that, that really can contend. Um, <clears throat> and you don't really know who else is coming up. I mean, it, it is college football, but I mean, the dynamics have changed. You could go on for hours about the transfer porter and, and, and NIL and how that's affecting things and moving. And, you know, what's USC going to look like this year? and What's Oklahoma going to look like? I mean, and all those different scenarios, but talent wise, you know, I was out of practice on Monday and, you know, we lost two wide receivers in the top 10, and, and I think we still have three of the best wide receivers in the country, if not maybe four. I mean, it's incredible what Brian Hartline has done recruiting and developing talent at the wide position. Um, you know, having uh, Jackson uh, Smith and Zegba back, uh, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, you've got a lot of guys that are really, really good. Uh, uh, you know, Tahada Mitchell, I mean, and, and a guy who not a lot of people are going to, I've been talking about, but uh, he's almost a Chris Alave clone. Is a Mecca Egbuka who's hmm. been having a phenomenal camp. I mean, I think he's going to be the number three guy, and maybe put him in the outside a little bit more and let Eleven go into the slot. And again, it's just you know you've got running backs back that were true freshmen last year that are, that have come back. C.J. Stroud is bigger, stronger, throws the ball well, looks better running the ball as well. So I mean. Offensively, they look really good. Defensively, it's a different scheme, obviously, with Jim Knowles involved. Um, I think the growing pains happened in the spring. They're looking pretty, pretty, uh, pretty buttoned up in the in the fall right now. So, um, you know, again, it's it's with, with programs like Alabama and Ohio State, it, it really is reload, and I think Ohio State is poised to do that here. Talk about it. Going back to that uh, contract, and and the, the money's great, but one of the tie-ins is NBC. Uh, NBC's got Notre Dame. They're talking about, you know, after that Notre Dame uh, afternoon uh, game normally, now you move to the night game with NBC. They're going to kind of capture that market from from those Notre Dame fans. Uh, it also allows yeah. them, Notre Dame, to really get some great matchups uh, with the Big Ten. There's been talk that it also might ease them into the Big Ten at some point in time, or they may want to keep their independence as they have for forever. So uh, t- talk about that and the matchups you might see in the Big Ten against Notre Dame because of that NBC contract. Yeah, I think that the interesting thing about how that how that dynamic is going to play out is, you know, for years I think it was Notre Dame who had the leverage of, you know, they had the NBC contract, they had the exclusive, they were bringing in so much more right. money than all the other universities were. Now with this Big Ten contract, it's almost flipped. And Notre Dame needs, you know, I mean, if it's money that, that's the factor, then they need that more from the Big Ten than the Big Ten needs them. I personally think from a competitive standpoint and from a – you know, dollar standpoint. I mean, and again, there's a lot of things to shake out with the uh, with the conferences going forward. But I think it makes more sense for for Notre Dame to go to the ACC. Uh, you know, you can go in, you can compete for a championship right now. Uh, you know, Clemson down, 
you know, I think if you put Notre Dame in the ACC right now, they're the favorite to win the conference by far. Um, if you put them in the Big Ten right now, they're probably third. Um, you know, and so where do you go with that? And where do you, you know, what's, what's best for your program? I mean, obviously Notre Dame is not uh, hurting for money university wide. I mean, they've got a huge endowment, you know, the athletic program brings in a lot of money. So, I mean, the, the, I think the interesting thing is, yes, does the, the, the Big Ten, would they want a quarter Notre Dame to bring them in, to bring that fan base, to bring those dollars in? Absolutely. Does NBC want to get in bed with the Big Ten? Absolutely. Does Notre Dame maybe allow that to happen for them? Sure. But does Notre Dame, at the end of the day, feel it's better for them to go to the ACC and be a top contender and Football, uh, you know, basketball, you, you've got a good team, but you're not going to be, you know, the, the favorite, obviously, in, in basketball, the ACC. But but you're, you're going to be able to maybe get to the college football playoffs as the ACC champ maybe more often. And that's where the real money is. So, again, a lot of dynamics, a lot of things left to see, and then how this plays out with conference alignment going forward. I think it ends up, I think as we talked last time, with four big conferences. I think the Big 12 and Pac-12 somehow combined. Um and, and, you know, figure out how best to do that. Yeah. But, again, at the end of the day, what's Notre Dame going to do? That's a big question. Well, Notre Dame's going to play Ohio State first game of the season, September the 3rd, and that's why I brought that up to lead into that game, a top-five matchup in week one. What do you think about that matchup? I'll tell you what, I mean, I think it's really good uh, for, for both schools. You know, I was able to play in 95 and 96 in their third and fourth time ever that Ohio State and Notre Dame played and I'll tell you what I mean just the the level of intensity and the anticipation I mean and it's it's huge I mean you're talking about two of the blue bloods of college football that don't play that often getting together and it's a big deal and I tell you I mean Columbus Ohio is ready for it fans are ready for it I think on both sides um it, it, a lot of interesting storylines I mean obviously Marcus is a, was a former player here James Claire and I is former player here both coaches now over at Notre Dame um, so there's a lot of cross ties and, you know, they lost a lot. Um, can they reload and rebuild? Uh, can Marcus, uh, you know, get that team, I think defensively, you know, he, that's the easy part for him to get that team, you know, playing at a high level defensively. But, but how do you, how do you bring that offensive team back around? You got a sophomore quarterback with not a lot of experience. Who's now going to be the starter. Um, you know, you lost some talent on the outside, you lost some talent at, at the tight end position. Um, so, you know, I think that's going to be the real interesting part of it. Coming into a hostile environment, night games, 7 o'clock in Columbus, Ohio, man, that's a tough first te- test for uh, <laughs> for Notre Dame. And, and I think just watching Ohio State and the talent level, if they play to the talent level, man, I, I, like we talked about at the beginning, I think there's maybe only one other team in the country that, that can go with them. Matt, uh, earlier this week, Jay and I were talking about Ryan Day and uh and and his um his sort of cause of, of mental health and, and 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 the more i learn about ryan day the more i just uh, appreciate him and like him uh cuz he's so honest and, and he's honest about talking about losing his father to suicide when he was just 8 and and how he kept his feelings inside for a long time and and uh, and then also how he helped uh, offensive lineman Harry Miller uh, so much and, and uh, how they discussed the importance of, of mental and, and uh, emotional health. Now, when you were a player, uh, so I want to ask you one about Ryan uh, and that whole issue because I know you know Ryan Day very well. But two, when you were a player – 
Did yeah. was this discussed among your teammates at Ohio State, and even when you were in the NFL, or was it something that was kind of uh, pushed aside? Yeah, I mean, obviously Ryan is a great guy. Uh, you know, I've gotten to know him over the past couple of years. He and his family, great people. I think that it is absolutely admirable and necessary that what he and Christina have championed with the mental health aspect. You know, first at Nationwide Children's now. Uh, you know, starting at OSU, and, and I think that's going to continue and build. I think that, uh, that, you know, what Ohio State is doing under Ryan Day as far as not just sports psychology from the performance level, but a, you know, a, a, a continued care, uh, you know I mean? Because as Jay knows, you can go through things that no one else in the world can, can eat back as a college football player at a major university. Is. I think more necessary than that, People to just normal everything. How do you handle that? How do you make that transition? And I think that's the next step in this whole journey of, of, of how you really move, whether it's when you play in college and you play in NFL, or when you, you know, maybe you play for a little while in the NFL and then make it out. Uh, but, but, but again, there's a transition that needs to be made eventually. Um, and, and, I, and there's not many people, I mean, <laughs> you're talking about the fraction of a percentage of people that, that are going to go through that experience and how do you deal with it because it's high profile. I mean, it, it's a, it's a real uh, fight and, and, the, and the demon that guy, that a lot of guys go through. So, you know, I think Ryan is the right guy at the right time. I mean, out of, you know, however fate has aligned for this proposition to be able to advocate for this and to be able to make a difference. And, and I think there's a lot more things to come with it. All for the good. Matt, always good to talk to you, my man. Good luck uh, in Vegas, and uh, enjoy the show tonight uh, all night long, right? Thanks, guys. <laughs> Dancing on the ceiling. Absolutely, man. Uh, all this. He's a great <laughs> I'll, I'll send, some, had Lars, a chance I'll, I'll to, send uh, Lars some videos for you guys. Yep. I nice. would love it. Nice. Yeah, we, we were, I was at the ACMs and spent about two hours uh, talking to him. At when, he's the nicest guy I've been around. Uh, and just so humble. Uh, but uh, you'll love that concert. My gosh. Have fun. fun. Yeah, enjoy it. All right, guys. Appreciate it, man. Have a good one. Thank you, man. Thanks, Matt. Matt Fink is always great here on the show and great friend of the show as well, talking Ohio State. Big Ten's new contract in TV, seven, uh, $7 billion. Uh, crazy uh, the amount of money now going to uh, these college teams and these TV contracts. We'll get into the CFP coming up on the other side. What's going to change or what they want to see change as far as the governance of college football? We'll tell you more about it on the other side. Stay with us. We're live from ABX. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX studios in downtown Birmingham. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A very humid afternoon, a mix of sun and clouds with scattered showers and storms around through tonight. The high today, 84. Tonight's low, 71. Tomorrow, cloudy at times with scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms. The high at 83. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 81 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
All right, welcome back in as we continue here live from ABX on this Thursday edition. Again, our thanks to Matt Finkus again for joining us. Talking Big Ten contract, $7 billion for TV with Fox, NBC, CBS. And uh, I think uh, that's going to propel as as the ceiling rises, it rises again with these Gates Conference goes after more and more money. But uh, the CFP right now looking to make some drastic changes to college football and especially the Power Power Five. The group that controls the college football playoff is considered taking a drastic step according to LarryBrownSports.com. And um, this is a, a, a story coming out talking about the meeting that happened virtually uh, on Monday, according to ESPN, the college football playoffs board of managers and presidents, 11 of those, and chancellors make up the CFP's board of managers. One of the topics of discussion during the meeting, Lars, included the idea of the CFP becoming the governing body of college football. Presently, the NCAA serves as the governing body for college football with schools being subject to NCAA rules. Now, there's two reasons why the CFP might want to become the governing body of the sport, and I'll let you run through why that is. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, and, and, and look, like this is very, very early uh, about in, in, in the talks here. The 11 college presidents and chancellors that make up the board, as you mentioned, uh, met uh, via Zoom on Monday to talk about this idea of, of having uh, more influence down the road and just be entirely separate from the NCAA. And, uh, yes, it, it's really going to be a marathon, and um, and the conversation only lasted a few minutes. So this is something that, uh, look, they're going to revisit in the future, but still, it, it happened, right? It happened. It was discussed. Uh, and, uh, and, look, there has been speculation about how much control the NCAA has over football, for a while now, especially with NIL, the transfer portal, uh, conference realignment as a as the dominoes fall, most notably with U at USC and UCLA leaving the Pac-12 to the Big Ten, and and now it, it looks like the uh, or now the SEC and the Big Ten are are preparing to expand to 16 teams by 2025, and it's almost like an arms race is on here, and so who the heck is in charge? Mm-hmm. Right, who's in charge uh, at Big Ten Media Days? I would coach uh, Kirk Ferenz, who uh, is pretty well respected. Uh, man, he just ripped the NCAA. Said he doesn't feel confident about the state of college athletics. Uh, uh, Jack Swarbuck, the AD at Notre Dame, who's a very powerful and influential influential uh, figure, said that uh, it's just a matter of time until the until Division One fades away. And he thought it was going to be the mid thirties, like the mid twenty thirties, that there will be no sort of NCAA anymore. So uh, we got to start thinking about a solution. And is that solution with Tommy Tuberville and and uh, and and Senator Manchin from uh, uh, West Virginia? I don't know. They're going to discuss that on a federal level, but that really has more to deal with NIL NIL, than anything else. And. It's just the the future is so murky, Jay, when it comes to what it's going to look like, the uh, structure of power within uh, the NCA, if it does even exist anymore. But 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 how everything is going to be managed and how we make sure that there is a level playing field uh, for all teams uh, in 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 the top division of college football. Two reasons why they might want to do this, um, as far as the CFP uh, might want to become the governing body. One, as you've talked about, becoming uh, the, right now the CFP has uh, already uh, usurped the NCAA when it comes to or it comes to determining 
whether it's the college football play, playoff postseason, they're already doing that. NCAA also runs the postseason for most sports, but not college football. So that would, in a sense, already shows you that this, they're handing that, that kind of authority over to another, another party. The other reason, because there are calls regarding the name, image, and likeness benefits, as well as the transfer portal that they want to have more control over. The NCAA has been uh, reticent, really, when it comes to in, uh, enacting and enforcing rules regarding the NIL benefits, as you talked about with Manchin and Tuberville and those guys for the fear of an antitrust lawsuit, which we said that was the reason yep. why they didn't want it. Like, look, we got to let this thing kind of go out there. I still think it's about TV contracts, and they don't want the players to get a piece of that. So I said, here, you'll throw them, some, throw them a bone and had no idea that they were going to get uh, these creative collectives and everything else that has happened with uh, NIL and, and all the different schools. But uh, though this, the CFP has considered whether they should become the governing body for college football, that does not mean that such a move is imminent. As you just brought up, it might be mid-20s to 30s uh, before we get to that in 2020, 2030 uh, but for, uh, for college football. But that it does not uh, also means for the report is that they're, they're talking about it. They're discussing it. They're looking at it and trying to figure out a way. Uh, and, and should that be the case? I mean, look. Can the NCAA really oversee everything that's happening in college football right now at a at, at the level that it needs to be done? And I and I think they want to get it governing back into more of a local level, uh, as you would talk about local government, federal government. They want to see, okay, here's here's the head of it, yes, but let the coaches, the ads, let the presidents have a lot of say uh, more than they did with NCAA when it comes to uh, governing the college football yeah, body. Yeah, it's important to note, too, that unlike most college sports, the NCAA does not run any part of college football's postseason. Yeah. It's all the CFP. All the CFP. Yeah. So they really it's have there. more power than yeah. than uh, you would expect. All right, hour number two coming up next, and uh, hang with us. A lot to get into. More Alabama football notes for you as well as we get closer and closer to week one. Hi, this is Wes McClooney, owner of the New Balance Birmingham store. Achieving your personal best often comes down to how you feel. And when it comes to the right shoes, nothing feels better than New Balance. The fit specialist at the New Balance Birmingham store conduct an in-depth analysis of your foot size, shape, and gait, determining the best New Balance shoes for you. Experience the difference of custom fit today at the New Balance Birmingham store on Highway 280 next to Chick-fil-A. New Balance Birmingham. Your feet will thank you. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option. High-intensity focused ultrasound or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHEALTH.COM. I'm excited to tell you about our newest sponsor here on the Jay Barker Radio Network. They pioneered the Chicken Finger Box and the Chicken Finger Restaurant. That's Guthrie's. Guthrie's recipes and processes are often imitated but never duplicated. Look, their sauce is probably the most copied sauce of all sauces all time. And I've known this family since my days down in Tuscaloosa. And they came over and, man, I tell you, it's nostalgic even today to see my kids going to that same Guthrie's. And great family. Do so much for the community, but more importantly, provide the best when it comes to chicken fingers. Get out to Guthrie's today. 
I want to tell you about my good friends at Southern Assurance Group. Hi, it's Jay Barker, and look, Ken Needham has done a terrific job. Local company, 205-980-1505 is their number. That's 980-1505. Again, local, you can speak with the same team every time you give them a call. Full line of products from Auto Home, Boat Life. You'll trust them. They have a great uh, deal as far as the relationships they build with their customers and 20 years with the same company and industry. Custom approach for your insurance needs. Give them a call, 980-1505. That is Southern Assurance Group. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Whether it's for lunch or dinner, head out to the Cajun Steamers, a New Orleans-style joint that serves authentic Cajun and Creole food, cold beer, and great drinks. They are known for their wide array of Cajun classics and original creations prepared in an authentic fashion. This Louisiana kitchen can have you slapping the table for more. Stop by the Cajun Steamer and sign up for your Alabama, LSU, or Auburn fan card. Eat with the Cajun Steamer while your team is on TV and use your fan card to receive a 15% discount on your entire meal. With locations in Hoover, Trustful, Huntsville, and Franklin, Tennessee, they've got you covered. Head out today to the Cajun Steamer. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There he is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's GoFan.letter C, letter O. Birmingham's best Mexican restaurant for over 20 years and counting. That's La Paz Restaurant in Crestline Village and Mount Laurel. They've got a great staff. Its delicious menu, award-winning cheese dip, and margaritas and vibrant atmosphere have helped to make La Paz a local favorite. Blue corn nachos, Texas barbecue quesadillas, steak and blue quesadillas, Baja fish tacos, signature fajitas, and much, much more. So head over to La Paz today. If you want a great lunch or a great dinner, you'll find all that at La Paz, Crestline, and Mount Laurel for lunch or dinner. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and screaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Who you are is more important than what you do. The only way that you're going to have any kind of success in your life, you have to buy into a process of what it takes to reach a goal. How can I be the best I can be at what I do? How much of your time was spent and how much was it invested in your goal? can't do it unless you can overcome adversity because that's what makes great things great is the things that you had to overcome to accomplish them. We have about five choices in our life, and everybody has a choice as to what they want to do and how they want to do that. But if you're going to be excellent or elite, you got to do special things. You have to have special intensity. You have to have special focus. It doesn't matter what God-given ability that you have, but without the rest of it, I'm not sure you ever get excellent or elite. You have to have toughness. What does it take to break you? I don't care what circumstance you're faced with. What does it take to break your focus, to make you give in? You're tired or you don't feel like giving effort or finishing the play like you should? I'm not saying it's our goal to try to break you. It's just the way it is in football. It's going to be difficult if you're getting yourself ready to play at a high level. And just because you got beat on the last play, that can't affect the next play. That's breaking you. Your frustration is breaking you. What does it take to break you? We should help others. We should serve other people all the time. 
You cannot be a leader and affect other people if you're not willing to serve other people. Think of our lives as every day we should appreciate the opportunity that we have to accomplish and affect something. Earn this. Everybody made all these sacrifices for you to live. Go live a good life. Be a good father. Help other people. Accomplish something of significance. Make a difference. That would be my message to everybody here. Make a difference and help everybody's spirit in a positive way. God bless you and roll tide. Jay Barker led the Crimson Tide to a national championship in 1992, winner of the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award and a finalist for the Heisman Trophy, voted the SEC Player of the Year and was drafted by the Green Bay Packers, also seeing time with the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. He is the winningest quarterback in Alabama history, 35-2-1, member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Jay Barker brings that same championship quality and football expertise to his own radio network and show. Joining him is Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author, 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated, and professor at the University of Alabama. Live from the AVX Studios in Birmingham, Alabama, The Jay Barker Show. I do think that we have some really positive leadership on this team. I've talked about this before. Uh, We have some really good leaders. But there's two parts of leadership. There's players who lead, and we have some really good players doing that. But there's also players that have to learn how to respond to leadership. That means they take ownership for doing what the leaders ask them to do. Uh, And that's something that, you know, everybody's got to make a decision and a commitment that they're willing to do to take ownership for you know doing that so there's one thing to command things uh, but there's another thing to take ownership for it uh, yourself so that you, you you can buy into what people are asking you to do you know a really simple example I guess I would be considered a leader but when I say run to the next drill and everybody continues to walk am I being a bad leader or are they not responding to leadership? That's the question. All right. So we have good leadership, but people have to learn to respond to it and take ownership for the standard and the level of the leadership has an expectation for them uh, to aspire to. Welcome back in, and uh, I'll tell you, Nick Saban press conferences never get old. They really don't, and he's always got something to say to his team through the media and um, also uh, kind of always coaching up um, as players through that and through the things that he's saying and addressing. Um, I remember he used to talk to Braxton about it. He said, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd like send him an audio We know about a press conference. He go, yeah, he talked about that in the meeting today to us, and then like, he's now just putting it back out there and wants us to see it, read it, hear it, hear about it, and all that from the fans and from the different media outlets and stuff. But um, the the level of play, the level of competition, I mean, the level of just success, again, that he's had in the last 15 years is just astonishing. Uh, I mean, again, we're so close to the sun, even the fans, everybody uh, really seeing what he's done, what he's accomplished with seven national championships uh, could get to uh, that number and, and, and what he's uh, d- done as far as on the field and off the field and then getting guys to the NFL 
has just been uh, been unbelievable. We are presented by Top Golf of Birmingham. Get out to Top Golf, you'll love it. The bowling of this generation, we call it, and uh, great for friends, family, and coworkers. Also driven by Sunny King Ford on the sunny side of the street. Go by and see Tony Russell and all the great folks there at Sunny King Ford. Yeah, so you know Nick Saban, uh, he has, and and this uh, it comes from a story by Mike Rodak at AL dot com, who does a really nice job, and we had Mike on just the other day, mm-hmm. um, and 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 Mike wrote about how uh, how Nick Saban, and and this is funny because in in this state. Everything Nick Saban does is sort of analyzed and and and, and picked apart, but uh, you know those those who pay attention know that Nick Saban has been ending his press conferences by saying thank you mm-hmm. uh, to the reporters, and he's actually had a smile. And uh, this was a tip from uh, one of his training consultants, uh, uh, media training people, uh, Lisa Lamaster. And uh, and then he was also asked uh, uh, yesterday um, why he continues to host a call-in radio show because most coaches in the country don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. It used to be standard practice. I assume Bear Bryant had a call-in radio. Well, he did his TV show. TV show. I don't. Yeah, call-in radio. I don't even think he, that that was even something they were doing at that time. Later in his career, that didn't really start to probably with the, I guess the early to mid nineties, somewhere in there. Yeah. I guess more late eighties. I guess. Yeah. So um, he does his uh, so he does that uh, weekly call in radio show um, and uh, he was asked about it. Like, why, why do you keep doing it when most coaches across the country, they simply they don't. And he said, well, you know, like most people think I'm not approachable, but I don't think that's the case at all. And sure enough, look, I, I've been the, the co-host of uh, that of Hey Coach, uh, I think twice. And he is more relaxed in that setting at Baumhauer's uh, there in Tuscaloosa than in any other setting I've ever seen him. And uh, Eli Gold has been the host forever. And I know that uh, I believe Chris is going to fill in uh, while Eli is, is recuperating. Um uh, you know, Eli or whoever the host is will ask some uh, questions and then the uh, guest host, uh, someone like me or uh, whoever, Tom Rinaldi, uh, they'll ask questions. Uh, but then, you know, he'll take a couple phone calls and the, the number one phone call he takes every week is from Pee Wee from Grand Bay. <laughs> right, and then sometimes we'll get uh, so it'll take some questions from the crowd in Baumhauer's, and and then once it's a commercial, he will go out onto uh, go. Uh, you know, there's an elevated stage there, a, a small stage, but it's an elevated stage at Baumhauer's in Tuscaloosa, and he'll come off the stage and and he'll just he'll interact with fans, and it's not necessarily. Uh, uh, signing autographs because uh, the people who go to Baumhauer's on Thursday for Hey Coach, they're generally the same people every week, including uh, a, a few of my uh, a few of my friends. Uh, uh, Karen, a good friend of mine who was one of student, a former student of mine, she goes every single week, and she just loves talking because you can actually talk to Coach Saban for mm-hmm. a few minutes. And Miss Terry is there working the room, and you can talk to not working the room, but she's there. She's present. Yeah, she's working the room. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's, <laughs> she, she's really good. At yeah, that. yeah, she is she's so, so good. good at that. And um, and I, I think Saban. Uh, 
uh, he likes it because it shows a different side of him, and he wants to let sort of the 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 biggest fans see him without the uh throughout uh, without the lens of the media yeah right and just see who he is and and uh and he's he, he said that it's an opportunity to actually build relationships with some of the fans and and uh it, it's pretty cool uh and 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 again it, it's uh um not many coaches in the country do this anymore and uh the fact that he still does it I think uh, just underscores the fact that he enjoys that interaction with the fans. And I think he wants to hear from the fans. He wants to hear what is on their mind. Mm -hmm. You know, he wants to know uh, what uh, is important to them. And um, so, yeah, I mean, and again, this came from uh, the press conference yesterday. And uh, and I love it when reporters from around the country they just think, oh man, it must be so terrible to cover Nick Saban. He's just this mean, mean guy and doesn't answer questions. Well, I will say, like I, I've never covered him day in and day out, so I've never been a beat beat reporter. So I, I I guess I'm not the right one to answer this. But it certainly seems, Jay, just listening to the press conferences, he gives reporters great information every single press conference and you know this i've i've said this many times like when he starts talking about his dad mm-hmm. that's when you really listen because his dad was such a profound influence on him so as part of coach bryant's contract university he retained all the rights out of my football game film pretty smart move there 1958 wow uh, as such he became one of the first collegiate college football coaches to have his own television program with the start of the bear bryant show in 1958 bryant was paid three thousand dollars per show and insisted on being an hour long in order to cover the game in its entirety and for its perceived recruiting benefits. In 1966, the show became one of the first television shows produced in the state of Alabama to be broadcast in color. And during the 25-year run of the program, several persons served as co-hosts along him, uh, along him uh, from 61 through 65. Many of you remember the great John Forney. Broadcaster Bill Austin, sports director, Tuscaloosa Coast from the 1966 season. It was Charlie Thornton later did it, as well as uh, all the way down to Stedman Sheely, uh, who was uh, the last one to do it back and co-hosted the show in 1982. The, the announcement uh, was made, uh, let's see if we're going down through here, but I saw something that was pretty pretty amazing about, uh, I mean, everybody remembers the title sponsor, Birmingham Coca-Cola bottling, bottling <laughs> Company and Golden Flake Snack Potato Chips. Was that just uh, at a studio here at Red Mountain? I think so, yeah, us? yeah. So, like, you know, after the games. Um, so, And this was on Sunday morning, right? Sunday morning, yeah. So, so he would, his dri- who was his driver? What's his name? Uh, uh, I can't okay. remember. I can't I remember. Talking about, yeah. yeah. So he would just I don't, you get, know, get in the car and, and come up. I, I guess, or stayed in Birmingham. Uh, because a lot of the, after a lot of the Birmingham go, uh, games, he would go to the Bright Star in Bessemer. And that's oh, where he yeah. would have dinner after the games or at certain restaurants in Birmingham. I'm not so sure if he didn't just stay over in a hotel get up the next morning and then um, do, do the show. But I, you, you would be sitting at church during football season. And every Sunday, you know, you had the – uh, then Pat and I started doing his show in the 80s or early 80s too. Um, I, I don't remember it before him, to be honest, before when, when Auburn was doing it. But um, I can't remember. I, th- I think that one either came on before or after. But you would race home from church to make, make it in time to watch the, the uh, Bear Bryant – uh, show and uh, you like would you I would convince my dad it's a 
they'd want to go out to out to lunch with like people from the church about no no we get get home I want to get in front of the TV and watch the highlights and wow. hear what Coach Bryant's got to say and and I love you know at that time I was up till I guess what ten years old uh, you know it was the last ones that I watched but he would sit there and say I saw you know so so mama and told her hello and said you know this <laughs> you know he, he'd had he'd how always, did you understand everything he was saying sometimes I mean, he just he mumbled. <laughs> Uh, later, a lot later in his life. Yeah. But um, when they'd open up the golden flake potato chips, pour them in the bowl, and they'd pop open the Coke bottles and sit there, and you know, I mean, it just became kind of this really cool, just down home setting that Coach Bryant was able to do it. And with, and with him and John Forney and all the great uh, announcers that and broadcast that they had come through uh, at that time. So now it's kind of separated with different guys doing it, different media guys for the university. I thought this interesting too. Um, there was only 77 surviving tapes of the uh, 250 episodes. Oh, wasn't there a fire? I believe there was a fire or something that, that took a lot of the tapes. I remember uh, researching that for my book, Chasing the Bear. I could, yeah. I could be totally wrong on that, but that's that would be what I remember. Probably one of the reasons why I didn't survive at that time. But yeah. 77 of the 250. I mean, could you imagine having all those and clips? Yeah. So. Was Bryant one of the first to do a television show? They said that he's one of. Uh, let's see, he, he became one of the first collegiate football coaches to own his own television program. So I don't know if that means owning it at that time or somebody else is doing. I'm sure Notre Dame and some other other teams were doing that type of stuff uh, because it was just such a great way to number one for your fans to see the coach to then relive the game. You got to remember too, early on. You didn't have these games on TV. So the only way for you to see the actual plays, you had heard John Forney, you know, talk about them on the radio. So you had the mental picture, the the uh, uh, the, the theater that he oh, created. Oh, so yeah. So that would be the first time you could see the game. First time you saw the game. First time you ah, actually saw the yeah. plays that you'd heard about. And they had the highlights, and Coach Bryant would talk through it. And so, you know, you'd, you'd listen to it on the radio. But now on Sunday, you want to go back and watch, you know, the actual game film and see uh, and even the televised uh, film of, of that game. And, and hear him describe it and talk about it and, you know, what they were thinking in these particular plays and uh, how he would describe certain players and the only the way that Coach Bryant could do it. So I, th- I thought that was – that's what was so, I think, so cool about it was just, you know, we t- today's – that's probably why – not to say that that show's not as popular, but everybody in the state of Alabama, even Auburn fans and even other SEC fans, watched the Coach Bryant show because they were getting to watch football on yeah. a Sunday afternoon after church, watch college football and see some highlights. And it was brilliant. Uh, became a great recruiting tool for him, um, and and again got him uh, the FaceTime and and the message out to the people. Yeah, and um, gosh, everybody who's a college football fan, a diehard college football fan, they know about the Bear Bryant show. Uh, I, I certainly knew about it even growing up in 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 Lincoln, Nebraska. Even though Bryant died when I was uh, twelve years old, I was uh, aware of the Bear Bryant show, and. Um, Gosh, yeah, uh, just uh, uh, and I, 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 there was an exhibit at the Paul at the Bryant Museum uh, in Tuscaloosa. I think it's still there, like called the Bear Bryant um, uh, Show uh, exhibit. Yeah, and um, yeah, I mean That's it's great. it's uh, that is office and all that stuff. So, yeah, so just about every Alabama. If, if I do an Alabama game party or whatever, I got to have my golden flake potato chips and my Coca Cola. <laughs> <laughs> just like I mean, it's, like, it's like that's the Alabama fans, and it's amazing how those two brands branded themselves with Coach Bryant. 
and that show and how much that built uh, both of those, which Coke different from a national perspective, but definitely regionally for Golden Flake. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back, and uh, here's what Coach Saban, uh, again, had to say, that, that nicer personality there at the uh, <laughs> end of that last, not this press conference, but one before. Here's what he had to say. Oh, I'm loving it. Well, I think that most of you all, including the person answering or asking the question, sort of think I'm not approachable. And I don't think that's the case at all. So one of the things that I've always found the radio show to give me an opportunity to do is to allow people to approach me and see how approachable I am. So we let people at the venue ask questions. We let call-in people ask questions. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. The best sports talk in the state, Tide 100.9, and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A very humid afternoon, a mix of sun and clouds with scattered showers and storms around through tonight. The high today, 84. Tonight's low, 71. Tomorrow, cloudy at times with scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms. The high at 83. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 82 degrees in Tuscaloosa. All right, welcome back in. Jay Barker Show live from AVX. Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter's got the week off, and uh, he'll be back with us on Monday. But I uh, hope everybody's having a great Thursday so far as uh, we're moving through hour number two. And uh, earlier today we talked to Mike, uh, to uh, Matt Finkus, Ohio State, talking about the Big Ten, uh, big story today as far as them, you know, we knew it was coming out, about a billion a year, $7 billion contract they've got for seven years through the tw- uh, 29, 30 seasons. Uh, for the Big Ten, a huge get for them as far as the money, $70 million to $100 million per athletic program it will go back to. And, uh, man, those numbers used to be – we used to think 5 or $10 million a year was like, wow, they're getting 5 or $10 million a year in these contracts. And the SEC got up to, what, 40 or $50 million, and uh, theirs is going to continue to grow as well as the ceiling continues to get higher. Also, the big story, Keon Keeley uh, decommitted from Notre Dame. Andrew Bone reported this to us on Tuesday, saying the likelihood of him decommitting and that he thinks that he might – and Alabama's got a great shot sitting in that uh, number one spot. On three media has them sitting in the, their recruiting side. 94% chance of going to the University of Alabama is his pick. So we'll see. He had a visit to Alabama recently, and uh, looks like now he's making uh, another decision and his decommitment to the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Before we get into uh, five teams that uh, could create chaos in college football, I just want to mention this story uh it's a baseball story i know we don't talk much baseball but it's really it's about a reporter for the los angeles dodgers and uh his name's david vasage i i believe that's how you pronounce it and uh he had been talking he's a basically a sideline reporter for the dodgers and the dodgers were in milwaukee uh visiting the brewers on wednesday night and uh, and and David apparently had been telling his colleagues that he really wants to go down. Uh, uh, it's called it's a ride. It's Bernie Brewer's slide. So it's uh-huh. a, it's a slide in the in the outfield, and uh, or beyond the outfield, right? And and in, in the ble- whatever behind yeah, the off wall. the field, yeah, off the field, <laughs> not in the yeah. 
And I so, so Dave, he, he's the host of uh, uh, Dodger Talk, and and that uh, it, that it, it's a show that follows Dodgers radio broadcasts, and and he periodically works as a reporter on on uh, the Dodgers telecast as well. And so he is working in the TV capacity when he decided he's like, hey, I'm I'm going down the slide. And so he did it first. He did it one time four hours before the Dodgers game on Wednesday night. And he was uh, talking a big game yeah. you know, to his uh, colleagues. Everything goes fine the first time. But the problem was they didn't film it. So... <laughs> Oh, wow. So it was like, okay, um, you know, let's do it again. And this time, let's film me. And that's when everything went sideways. Uh, <laughs> so literally, uh, Dave, he went side. He, he, he's sitting on like a little uh, sack, right? And, <laughs> and and you just, he's sliding down. The, he's going down the slide. And he said uh, it was a lot slicker the second time. And he ended up going sideways, and uh, he ended up uh, hitting a um, uh, like a uh, he, he into a padding, uh, and he, he and he hit it hard and awkwardly uh, crashed into the, the padding at the end of the slide. Uh, yeah, Bernie Chalet, I guess, is the name of the slide. And uh, and uh, that's where the mascot, Bernie Brewer, takes up residence behind uh, the, uh, the the left field stands. And and when uh, when when Milwaukee wins, the mascot goes down the slide. OK, so anyway, he goes down the slide the second time. And uh, he um, ended up it was it was it was a horrific, horrific crash. Right. And they did it so well on social media mm -hmm. that uh, and, and, and the two guys in the booth were like laughing because they were playing the film. And, and the only thing you see, they cut to Dave. And the only thing you see is he raises his right arm and it's in a cast. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and it turns out that he broke two bones in his right wrist and he cracked six ribs uh, when he crashed into that padding uh, at the end of the slide. And uh, he's probably going to need surgery. And uh, poor guy uh, had to go to an urgent care facility. Uh, but he was back at work. Give him credit. This was before the game. He was back at work uh, by the fifth inning. And his right arm was in that sling, like I said. <laughs> but uh, so many people on social media, because you don't, because you see him going down the slide. And then you see the, uh, the the two broadcasters kind of joking about it. And then just the very last frame is him holding up his arm with with a cast on it. And everybody was like, hey, that's a better ending than any movie you'll ever see. <laughs> because uh, you get uh, you get the feeling of, uh, man, this guy is really hurt. And uh, but, yeah, just uh, be careful, I guess, when. When you're going down slides, I'm surprised to let him do it. To be honest, because they, uh, the TV program directors and and TV stations and radio stations, they're so careful now about. Used to you could do all kinds of stunts, and Tony's talked about that. How we would try to get him to go out, and then early on we could do certain things that he would go do, like on, be up on a, a billboard. Um, we got a guy cleaning <laughs> our windows now. That's what that. I thought, I thought that I was about to get like Charlotte. What are you doing? <laughs> I, I see the Charlotte and Andrew making that noise. Um, but uh, we. Uh, with with all the things that that went on um, at that time, they they would make you sign off on different waivers. Then they quit doing that. They said, "No, forget it. We're not. We're not even 
deal with the legal side of this and worrying about that. So, but uh, let's get to this habit. Well, hold on, have you yeah. have you had to do anything crazy in your uh, radio career? Anything like that you? I had to wear an Auburn you, shirt. I had to wear an Auburn shirt after lo- losing the bracket. <laughs> that was like so uh, humiliating, yeah. and, and uh, also got a ton of Alabama fans like, "How could you dare?" And I'm like, "It was a bet." So I had to fulfill my bet. Hope you're doing well with that uh, washing behind me as well. That guy's working hard. <laughs> he Look at him. He's, he's, but he's got a good setup. Yeah, he's going fast. Yeah, he got the he got the water coming down and everything right there together. All right, so um, yeah, so that that one bobblehead we did the, the Franchoni bobblehead thing where we had they had made these bobbleheads and uh, this company's like we got to get rid of them. Franchoni left Alabama, went to A and M. We went out to Mazers on 31. Mm-hmm. So Tony and I went after out there after the show. I think Al went too. And we had all these golf clubs. We had, a, I think it was one of the golf stores had donated clubs, and you could take a shot at uh, Franchoni's bobblehead. <laughs> so people were knocking the bobblehead off. They had to pay like five dollars or whatever, oh, to, or they could make a donation to do that. So, but Tony was like, he went on billboards. He would like run naked down the street. I mean, <laughs> all kinds of stuff that you can't, yeah, you know, you can't I, even get I, away with anymore. You don't want to like. Uh, he drank a gallon of milk one time, like in a minute. I forget how long it was, and then it immediately threw up. Because you, you can't drink a gallon of milk that fast. Um, and, and then on his rock days, uh, there were other things that went, I, I would let him share all that. I want to incriminate him on. Yeah. No, I, I would not want to get into a dare contest with Tony. No, Now you would. Just not back then. He's <laughs> right. a lot different now. Tony's <laughs> yes, he is. a lot, lot different. All right. Uh, so teams which uh, might could be the David uh, David and Goliath, uh, the, who could be the David in college, uh, the CFP this year, who could be a, a run uh, or wreak some havoc across uh, the uh, the teams and the CFP. We know who kind of the top four runners are right now, Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Georgia. That's kind of who everybody consensusly looks at. But there may be a few teams that could cause some havoc. And one we've talked about before, whenever they are not mentioned, whenever they're, you know, nobody's really talking about them, tends to have a better season than you would have thought. We'll get into that and much more coming up on the other side. So we'll talk about all these teams. Mike could reach or create some, uh, wreak some havoc in college football playoffs and uh, much, much more. Stay with us. We're live from ABX. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX studios in downtown Birmingham. One in seven men will face prostate cancer. Nearly 500 new cases are diagnosed every day in the U.S. Traditional treatments can cause erectile dysfunction and urinary incontinence. But now there's a new option, high-intensity focused ultrasound, or HIFU. Men who are really looking for an option that really preserves their urinary and sexual function are great candidates for HIFU treatment. Preserve your quality of life. Call 866-4-VITURO or visit VITUROHealth.com. Hi, it's Jay Barker for AVX, Audio Video Excellence. They are the premier provider for custom audiovisual design and installation in the Southeast. AVX seeks excellence in everything it does, including a superior employee experience. AVX offers employees an industry-leading salary, insurance benefits, and 401k options. AVX technicians also receive the highest level of certification and continue training, making it one of the most awarded and decorated companies in the industry. Career opportunities are available now for technicians in Birmingham and Santa Rosa Beach, Florida. Join the AVX team by contacting them at avxinc.com. 
Gary Burley here for Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. As a 10-year National Football League veteran, you can imagine my surprise being diagnosed with cancer and starting chemotherapy treatment back in 2014. I suffered from a lot of pain and offered up prayer during those days as I made it into remission. But I developed neuropathy. Anyone that suffers from this condition knows the pain is excruciating. Nerve numbness and tingling along the tissue that won't heal. I tried everything for relief, folks, until my wife suggested I call Dr. Williford of Williford Chiropractic and wellness. I called 205-909-7373 and scheduled an appointment. After three treatments, I began experiencing relief that I haven't had in years. If you're suffering from neuropathy, I suggest you reach out to Dr. Williford and his great staff at WillifordChiropracticAndWellness.com. Williford Chiropractic and Wellness. Give them a call at 205-909-7373. Balance your brain. Balance your life. Hi, it's Jay Barker. I want to tell you about my good friends Craig and Keith at Birmingham Broker. Go online at bhambroker.com. That's bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Got seven kids, man, and we had to sell a lot of cars. And these guys are looking for a lot of inventory. They helped us with all the hassle. No stress for us. They did the process as far as the sales and everything. Handled it all the way through. White glove type service. You'll love it. Again, it's bhambroker.com. Sell your car through bhambroker.com or 205-716-1269. Hi, it's Jay Barker for Siebel's in downtown Homewood, and now's the time to get your special place ready. Come in and let Siebel's design your porch with Kingsley Bait Outdoor Furniture and one of their custom swinging beds. For the great room, you're going to need their Carson Swivel Recliner. Siebel's is the number one Carson Recliner dealer in the country, and Sarah and I, we've got one, and we absolutely love it. Be sure also to check out their famous custom-made beds and bunk beds built by Siebel's and made up with some of their best linens in town. Their staff can truly put your bed together like no other store. You can also follow Siebel's and shop on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to call or go by their special store in downtown Homewood. The number is 800-448-1962. That's 800-448-1962. And just for listening, go to Siebel'sCottage.com and order anything you want and type in Jay Barker for a special discount code. That's Jay Barker for a special discount code available only to our listeners for a limited time on The Jay Barker Show. Siebel's in downtown Homewood or online at Siebel'sCottage.com. It's Antonio Langham here to tell you about the easiest way to buy your tickets to your next high school game. Have you ever had to wait in line to buy a high school ticket or stop to get cash on the way to the game? There has to be a better way. There is. It's called GoFan. Check out GoFan.co the next time you need a ticket for your high school game. GoFan is easy, fast, and completely secure. You can buy tickets directly from your phone and just show the ticket at the gate. Download the GoFan app or visit GoFan.co now. That's C letter O. USA's been talking for three days about going down the slide here in Milwaukee. I've never heard somebody so excited about doing anything, and David did do it today. Watch. All right, here we go. Holy crap! 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 Oh no, okay. First, I want to report that he's okay. So, okay. Dave. Dave. Hi, guys. Hey, I do my own stunts, Tom Cruise style. I try to play it up, Shacked in the Fool style, and you're looking at the fool, but. Best has been talking.
How funny is that? Oh my gosh, that's that you were talking about. And there's the audio from it. The decisions you make, you know, yeah. and, and sometimes you're like, "Why did I do that? You know, why why did I even take that chance?" And uh, things like that happen. He's I'm talking about being he was out there with the, the broken six ribs. Have you broken ribs before? I have. Yeah, I have too. And broken I'm, ribs, and actually, one of the worst was when I had um, like a dislocation or, or something in Canada, and where they were out of place, and, and it, it wasn't really through a hit; it was more through a movement, and so my my abs and all that, everything was kind of mixed up and I had to go through like some therapy and it took about two or three days. And finally they gave me some like shots in the stomach to like to relax the muscles so that they would try to get back in place and massage all that type of stuff. Yeah. It's, it's the ribs are no joke. Yeah. No joke. When you, cause you're breathing, your every pretty much move that you make with your core, you know, is, is there. All right. Who's going to wreak some havoc, uh, at the top, they've got the Auburn tigers who we talked about leading into a teasing scene. They're always uh, play better and create chaos and have these unbelievable plays, the tips, the quick, the kick sixes, the things like that that happen uh, for the Auburn Tigers. Then we'll go back to them. BYU is one of them as well. Yeah, uh, Kent State is one, and South Carolina, Stanford. So that's your five teams they've got that can reap havoc. But start with uh, Auburn Tigers. You know, I just read this stat, and uh, I find it pretty amazing that there is only one game this season between the SEC and Big Ten opponents, and that's Penn State at Auburn, uh, September 17th, kickoff at 2.30 on CBS. That is a really big game. Uh, You would think that uh, the two best conferences in the country would have more uh, have, have more matchups against each other, uh, but they don't. And so this one is for uh, bragging rights. So uh, we'll, we'll see about that. But uh, that is a, a immensely big game for Auburn. And, uh, you know, they have a chance potentially to start 4-0 and if, if they can win that game. Yeah, they got Mercer, San Jose State. They got Penn State. Uh, Penn State is at home. Then it's Missouri at Auburn. Uh, they've got um, so they got their, their first four games are at home. Uh, LSU then they play LSU on October the first. That is at Auburn. Auburn uh, goes to Georgia on October the eighth. They've got Mississippi Ole Miss at Mississippi uh, on October fifteenth. The 29th, they've got Arkansas at home. Auburn's got Mississippi State. They're on the road at Mississippi State on November the fifth. A and M is uh, at Auburn, and then you've got uh, Western Kentucky at Auburn, and then Auburn is at Alabama. So. Not not the toughest of schedules because of who they got at home uh, for an Auburn team that uh, does have the talent and whether or not Brian Harson can get these guys motivated and moving in, in the right direction and really you know creating uh, the chemistry and the the things that you need in order to become a, a championship team. But um, but you're right. I mean I, that Penn State game should be a tough one, uh, but they got them at home. Yeah, you know, and bringing them in 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 a, in a time in mid September that it could be 98 degrees. <laughs> Yeah, and two thirty game. Penn State has designs on competing for a playoff berth, and uh, if they get beat uh, down on the plains, uh, that 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 will be over. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, I, I think uh, perhaps they have would have a chance to upset Texas A and M on November twelfth at home. I uh, don't really see them having a chance against Georgia at Georgia on October eighth, but. Um, as noted, uh, I mean, the first five games are at home. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, with Tank Bigsby, if they just get some adequate play from quarterback and also if their offensive line, uh, gets shored up 
and uh, and you know we, gosh, it seems like the offensive line has been an issue there for a while. But uh, if the offensive line and tanks big tank Bigsby can can get going, and they get again just sort of uh, mediocre play from quarterback, and I still think I think it's going to be Calzada. I don't know. Other people think it's going to be Finley. Um, we'll we'll see. Or or the transfer from uh, Oregon. Uh, but uh, it's still pretty wide open right now, I guess, for the quarterback race there. All right, BYU, they're like uh, Notre Dame, independent program. The schedule's well. Uh, unlike Notre Dame, though, the Cougars not have an obvious path to the comfortable playoff without doing something extraordinary. Uh, as they write, however, that difficult schedule means the Cougars will play teams that do uh, have a clear path, and they're a team capable of knocking them off, of course. In the first three weeks of the seasons, the Cougars will get a shot at defending uh, Big 12 champion Baylor, Pac-12 runner-up Oregon, and in early October, there's a neutral side against Notre Dame in Las Vegas. While those three programs aren't favorites for playoff berth right now, in the manner of Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Oregon, and Baylor play in Power 5 conferences with a chance to win their leagues, Notre Dame has reached the playoff twice. A loss to BYU would not uh, hurt Oregon or Baylor in their quest to win the Pac-12 or Big 12, but it could be the deciding factor in their bid to become one of the top four. Kent State. It's a little Saban effect. Nick Saban alma mater, yeah. <laughs> These, we'll just pass them. Uh, South Carolina, <laughs> Shane well, Beamer. No, no, yeah. it, it's interesting the, okay. that uh, Kent State, um, the flashes. Yeah, uh, they have they have uh, road games against Washington, Oklahoma, and Georgia, and uh, yeah, they're going to be huge underdogs in all those games. But but the, the, a, a good team from the MAC. I'm just waiting for it to happen because I, I pay attention to the Mac. I love those Mac games on Tuesday nights, right? Uh, and, uh, and and this team can score. They averaged, uh, Kent State averaged 30, uh, about 31 points a, a, a game, uh, have, have averaged 31 points a game since uh, Sean Lewis, the head coach, took over the program in 2018. They play at a really high tempo, averaging about 75 plays a game. Uh, the defense is terrible, but hey, if they can put up points and maybe they could pull off an upset against one of those three teams on the road, Washington, Oklahoma, or Georgia, uh, I'd give them the best shot against Oklahoma. I'm not a big believer in Oklahoma this year at all. I know some people are penciling them into the college football playoffs, but I, I think there's just too much turnover and change with uh, Brent Venable. They have flashes on offense, and they don't have much on defense. Yeah. <laughs> Kent State, that's where their 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 demise is uh, defense has not worked out well for them. South Carolina, Shane Beamer, can he wreak some uh, havoc uh, in college football this year? We've talked about uh, Spencer Rattler, uh, that um, you know, a guy that had a little bit of trouble uh, as far as at Oklahoma, but now has moved on as saying that he feels great in the system. A former five-star quarterback, uh, ranked number one in his class when he came out, uh, transferred to South Carolina. Uh, it's important now for South Carolina fans to understand there's a reason Rattler was in the transfer portal. Uh, but still, even if the uh, former Oklahoma star never lives up to the hype that he had and uh, that saw him as a number one recruit, the preseason Heisman favorite in 2021, uh, he's a clear upgrade on what the uh, Gamecocks had at quarterback last year. So they were 7-6 to six last year, so what might – they do with above-average quarterback play. Well, important to point out, the Gamecocks were outscored 114-27 to 27 in three games against Georgia, Texas A&M, and Clemson last year. So not sure if Rattler can put up enough points and uh, make up that gap for the Gamecocks. Yeah, um, 
I, I find the Spencer Rattler story one of the most intriguing of uh, this upcoming college football season because if anybody can get Spencer back on track, I really think it's Shane Beamer because it goes back to their relationship at Oklahoma. And, um, look, Spencer Rattler was ranked number one in his class for a reason. And, uh, I mean, Jay, I, I know you've had a chance to see – I know you had a chance to see Spencer play a little bit at Oklahoma. To me, he seemed really undersized, like more undersized than uh, Bryce Young. And uh, and then also, uh, and we've talked about this, he, he lost the team. I mean, there were literally guys, uh, according to people I've talked to who cover the team, offensive linemen who just – they wouldn't block for the kid. Uh, and I've never, I've never really even heard of that <laughs> happening yeah. in college football before. But they just couldn't stand him. Uh, so hopefully he's had a little bit of a attitude uh, realignment. And uh, again, if anybody can get Spencer to play at a really high level, I think it's Shane Beamer. About six one, two sixteen. So he's um, you know pretty big uh, for a quarterback. Not, not, not the six three kind of prototype that you look at are 6'2", 6'3", is kind of where they look at, and then anything above that is great for height. But if you look at the average quarterbacks over the years, I think that they set us around 6'1 to 6'2", is kind of the average of the guys who've gone on and had really great careers. But, yeah, yeah, Spencer Rattler. uh, And and here's the thing, the next one, uh, when you deal with uh, the teams that might cause havoc, Stanford. You know, David Shaw, I I like David Shaw. I've always loved the way he coaches the game. But, man, Stanford really has not been a presence uh, in my mind, in, in, in college football in the last, what, four or five years. Yeah. They seem to have kind of fallen off just a bit, uh, but uh, maybe they can maybe they can uh, do some things differently this year. In their first four games, they will play USC at home, then hit the road to, uh, for Washington, Oregon, in back-to-back weeks. Uh, so, in other words, Stanford is a team that could play a significant role who wins the Pac-12 before they reach October the 2nd uh, for the Pac-12. Yeah. They could even destroy the Pac-12's uh, playoff hopes. So a couple weeks later on October 15th, the Cardinal will play the short uh, flight. At least that's what the Big Ten tells them to South Bend, uh, Indiana to take on Notre Dame. Then things ease up slightly until November 12th when Stanford makes another road trip to Utah to take on the Utes. So uh, can Stanford be a team that wreaks havoc? Well, it will be really interesting uh, right out of the gate when uh, Stanford plays USC at home. And, um, you know, USC is real popular in Vegas right now as a team that w- could make the playoffs and even uh, contend for the na- win a national championship uh, with Lincoln Riley in his first year and all the transfers and Caleb Williams, a quarterback. And and there's just a, a lot of buzz around USC and Stanford could wipe that out very quickly uh, if they could take care of business. And, hey, it is tough to uh, go up to Stanford and win. It, it's a it's a great home environment for uh, the Cardinal. And a great article from uh, CBS Sports. Uh, the five potential college football chaos teams ready to wreak havoc on the playoff race in 2022 done by Tom Fornelli. So give him credit for that. Auburn again at BYU, Kent State, South Carolina, and Stanford Cardinal. All right, we'll return. We'll wrap up hour number two. Stay with us. We're live from ABX. You're listening to The Jay Barker Show, live from the AVX Studios in downtown Birmingham. Roll Tide, the best sports talk, period. Your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. 
Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A very humid afternoon, a mix of sun and clouds with scattered showers and storms around through tonight. The high today, 84. Tonight's low, 71. Tomorrow, cloudy at times with scattered to numerous showers and thunderstorms. The high at 83. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 82 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Welcome back in, and uh, again, our thanks to Jonathan down at T-Town at our flagship station, Tide 100.9 FM, and also Crawford, our uh, producer, Josh Smith, who produces pretty much uh, all of our show and uh, just does a terrific job of that, and stream, StreamYard, all that for us as well. Uh, Lars Anderson, the studio, Matt's with us back on Monday as he's got the week off, and uh, I think Tony Curry will be in with us tomorrow for the Friday edition, so uh, look forward to that. But uh, what you got to, to end off the show today? Okay, so... According to a few reports, Baker Mayfield is going to be the starting quarterback for the Carolina Panthers in week one when they face, guess who, the Cleveland Browns, right? (laughs) So Mayfield going against his old team, uh, which should be a really interesting matchup. So it it just got me thinking. Baker Mayfield was a walk-on at Texas Tech and uh, and Oklahoma. So, Jay, who is the best walk-on? In the let's say in the since uh, the BCS era, nineteen ninety eight, like from every position or no, just, just quarterback overall, most impactful. And I, 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 you don't even have to answer, but the, I think some a lot of people would say Baker Mayfield because right. he won the Heisman Trophy. I put Stetson Bennett number one. Yes, Stetson's huge because he won, won a, a national, national championship. championship. Yep. Uh, but listen to this list of players. Uh, Luke Falk, really good quarterback mm-hmm. at Washington State. Uh, Hunter Renfro. Yeah. The Alabama killer. Paid off, playing for the <laughs> Raiders now. Yeah, and he just got paid. You're right. He's got a huge contract. J.J. Watt was a walk-on at Wisconsin. Wow. Isn't that incredible? Uh, Clay Matthews, linebacker at USC. That's another um, big-time player. Yeah, yeah, Jim Leonard, who is a, a safety at Wisconsin, went on to uh, play uh, for the Jets for a long time, now back in college football coaching. And um, uh, Steven Goskowski, a, a kicker for, for Memphis. But of all of those, who do you think was the most impactful? Uh, they all were at certain levels, I guess. Yeah. But I guess Baker, from the standpoint where he's at now, and still having a chance to compete for a job. And, yeah, number one overall. Yeah, pick. but J.J. Watts, though, I mean, gosh, I mean, you can't, you know, what he's, they just had injuries. I mean, his career was unbelievable up to those injuries, but I think it, it just, just, he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, it, it just, I think so. It, and Clay Matthews is unbelievable. That whole, is that right, Clay? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's so many Matthews. But they, uh, to see that a guy goes in and loves the place he's going to and wants to walk on and prove himself and, and, you know, maybe had, a, was a late bloomer or, uh, did not get the attention or the recognition coming out of high school, but then never gives up. You know, just keeps up. Th- those stories I love because I, I had a lot of buddies in, in college that did not come on. They were walk-ons with me that ended up playing, that ended up starting, that ended up playing a lot of special teams, won a national championship, got the ring, was a part of those teams, 
And it's because of their love for the team, love for Alabama, wanting to put a crimson jersey on. And uh, so I love those stories. I mean, those are the guys that, that worked, you know, uh, started started from the bottom, now I'm here. A great song. And uh, that's those guys. They start from the very bottom of it all because you're not viewed like a scholarship player. You get on there, I mean, it's like they have an investment in the, the recruiting, investment in the scholarship. They're going to get the first bid. And they're going to get the first rights to win that job. It's an uphill battle. And these guys stuck it out. Stetson Bennett's first start came September 11th, 2021 against uh, our UAB Blazers. Yeah, I that. Completed his first five yep. passes for 245 yards, four touchdowns. At that game. And uh, from that day forward, Kirby Smarts trusted him to be his top QB. Rest is history. Yeah, when number 99 ran down uh, UAB's quarterback <laughs> from behind, I was like, uh oh, it's going to be a long day. All right, thank you guys for listening in. Join us tomorrow for the Friday edition. Hi, this is Wes McCall.